Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to the Equipped to Be show. I'm so glad you're with us today. I want to talk about self-protection. Recently, a friend sent me an excerpt from a book that she was currently reading called The 40 Days of Decrease by Alicia Britt Chloe. And it was intriguing to me. And I own the 40 Days of Decrease, so I immediately grabbed the book and turned to that chapter. And I wanted to understand more of what she was saying. And it got me thinking about you and me. It was very convicting to me. The whole topic of self-protection, guarding your heart, and there is a difference between the two, and we're not going to talk too much about the difference But I thought, as a society, we self-protect a lot. We've been wounded by someone, something someone said, uh, something someone did, and we pull back. Maybe we pull back emotionally, physically. We put up walls and barriers. Why? Well, we don't want to be hurt again. I mean, who does? And as I was reading this chapter... They were giving, this author was giving a great analogy of Jesus and how Jesus knew what was coming his way. You know, he knew the disciples. He knew who was going to betray him. He knew what was before him. And yet he chose to be fully present. And I I sat in that for a while and I, I thought about us and how we are to mirror and how our lives are supposed to be, you know, a reflection of Christ in us if you are a believer. Now, clearly, we're not perfect and we're not going to be able to manifest that in all areas of our life. But there's two things that I want us to consider. One is do we self-protect from the Lord? Maybe he didn't answer some prayers. Maybe he didn't grant your wishes. Maybe the dreams that you were sure were his dreams for your life, they didn't come to fruition. Maybe everything but that. Maybe that uh, we don't fully trust him. We, We don't know what his plan really is. And we, you know, we worry endlessly. It's one of the topics that I speak on is like how to kick worry to the curb. We worry, we fret, we're distracted. We're always trying to figure it out. We put our guard up against the Lord because after all, he is mighty and powerful and sometimes unpredictable in our minds, isn't he? Sometimes 
You know, my daughter would always ask people a very, you know, variety of questions. And one of them was, how do you view the ocean? And people would describe the ocean. And in this, you know, you know how people have all these kind of like what you think about certain things reveals what you believe about something else. So this particular question was about the ocean. What do you, how do you view the ocean? And people would say, scary, vast, deep powerful. And that particular question always translated into, that's your view of God. And if our view of God is scary, mysterious, not able to fully know, unpredictable, get tossed to and fro, you might have a propensity to self-protect. And like I said, if you've had those dreams and such, or you've had hopes and expectations of what life would look like, how your kids would be, how your marriage would be, how your work, your ministry, how all that was going to play out, or maybe you have all of that and it doesn't play out as you had thought, you tried to do it the right way, you tried to follow what God was leading you to do. And then you look to the left or to the right, and you see somebody else is, they're just like smooth sailing. Doors are just opening for them. Their kids are all doing great. They're loving the Lord. Their marriage seems to be wonderful. And we think, oh, God didn't show up for me. So we don't ask big things. We don't, we don't ask anything. We kind of stop even talking to the Lord. But what do we do with self-protection when it involves people, our spouse, our children, our parents, our friends, our colleagues and coworkers, or people who serve in ministry with us? You know, we often will self-protect again Somebody's disappointed us. Somebody has backstabbed us. Somebody has undermined us. Somebody is spreading rumors or gossip or trying to inflict pain or wounds with their words, sometimes even their actions. You know, not all self-protection is bad. So I want you to understand that. Self-protection from the Lord well, that's not okay. And the reason that's not okay is because our actions reveal our beliefs. So if our actions are that we pull away and we shrink from the Lord, that's revealing our beliefs. He's not really all that he says he is. And the reason why I say that is because our beliefs inspire our actions. And that's spiritually and that's personally. You know, as I said, self-protection isn't always an unhealthy uh, thing to do. We self-protect when we face danger. Somebody breaks in our home and we want to protect ourselves or our children. When we are out in nature, like I live on a lake, and the other day there was a, an alligator down by the shore and of course, I'm going to monitor that because I would certainly not want to let a child or a dog 
uh, just wander down. So I, you know, or I wouldn't want to. So I will, I will self-protect. I'll be careful, right? I'll run from danger. I'll, I'll run from even the perceived idea of danger may not even be real. But we self-protect against that. Now, you know, our response to anger is usually when we don't feel safe. Have you thought about that? Let's talk. Let's think about that. Maybe we self-protect from God because we don't feel safe with God. (laughs) Funny thing is, we make God prove who he is to us before we place our trust in him. And we've kind of have that backwards. He is who he says he is, and we trust him because he is who he says he is. But we take our human understanding and we apply it to the spiritual realm, and it doesn't work that way. That's not how God tells us to live. That's inconsistent. What we have to do is not shrink back but actually lean into, lean into the Lord harder as it relates to our physical relationships, our personal human interactions. Uh, There's a time and a place. Maybe there is someone in your life that's been relatively toxic. I mean, every time they're around, they just, they do nothing but cut you down or marginalize you or demean you. And certainly that is a time where We have to be careful. And when I started our conversation, I said the difference between, you know, self-protection and guarding your heart. Jesus didn't guard his heart from those that he knew were going to hurt him. He knew. And I believe largely it's because he also knows there will be a day of reckoning. Certainly we don't want to put ourselves in physical harm's way, if there's an abusive situation, that's that's clearly uh, not something we want to lean into, right? We want to protect ourselves, and that's okay. But letting go of self-protection uh, is really not letting expectations, our expectations of others, cause us to pull back which, you know, leads to disappointment. Uh, Not pulling back just because they had a bad day and took it out on us. See, the interesting thing is our beliefs, you know, our actions reveal our beliefs because our beliefs inspire our actions. And we have to be fully present. And I believe that we can I also believe that this is a very convicting topic. I have done it. I do it. And then I'll justify it in my mind. Sometimes I'll say it out loud, but most of the time I I justify it in my mind. Oh, well. And some of the things I say, maybe they're what you say. You know, uh, you just have to accept they are who they are. Do we? Accepting what we can't change people. That's true. We do have to accept them. That's true because we can't change them. But does that mean we can't lean in and be fully present with them? Does that mean we have to have walls around them? Jesus didn't. He fully loved. He fully embraced. 
Again, how can the love of Jesus shine through us if we're too busy protecting ourselves from what others might do to us emotionally? Obviously, physically is is not the topic here, but emotionally, even spiritually. So I'd like to encourage you. What if we fasted from self-protection? What if we let down our guard? What if we let down those walls that we've maybe built up to God and maybe we've built up to others? They've kept us from being really who God made us to be because we're so worried about protecting ourselves. It also keeps us from letting our light shine brightly. I I mean, let's think about that. I don't know that we have gone through what Jesus went through. And yet, he still fully loved, was fully present, forgiving, kind. He was just, but he had a mission. You have a mission. I have a mission. And the more I thought about self-protecting, I kept coming back to areas in my life where I have put up some walls. They are for self-protection purposes. Who wants their heart hurt? Not me. Who wants to be berated? <laughs> Not me. I think I've had my share of you know pulling knives out of my back and trying to right wrongs and clear up misunderstandings. That's part of life. But the interesting thing uh, that I read in the 40 Days of Decrease is that it's through our suffering. It's through our suffering that others see and notice how we walk. How do we live? Have you ever known somebody you know they're going through some real serious trials, and yet they're still walking? They're still joyful. They're still engaged. They haven't recoiled. When we suffer through a situation and and yet we still lean into the Lord or we still lean into loving others well, we're trusting the Lord. Our light is fully shining. You know, love hopes for all things. Love endures all things. Love never quits. In our life, we will have trials. We will have trouble. We will have disharmony in our relationships. That's going to happen. It's because none of us are perfect. And I know some of you, you strive super hard to be perfect. You want to do it right. It's so important that you do it right, especially uh, for those of you that are into the Enneagram. There's certain numbers on the Enneagram where, boy, doing right, it's like it. If they are not right, they really struggle. I get that. And maybe nothing about the Enneagram, but you're wired in a way that uh, you just... 
you have core beliefs and you have a sense of responsibility or duty, and it keeps causing you to, you know, act in a certain way or believe in a certain way. So I think my challenge today and is for us to consider, are we self-protecting? Are we self-protecting from the Lord? Because we don't fully believe he's capable of all that he says he can do. Do we pull back from the Lord? Do we put up walls so that we're not disappointed if those prayers we've been throwing up aren't answered? Do we self-protect because our faith is weak? We really don't know God because we haven't spent time with him. Our level of maturity and faith is pretty shallow. Now, I'm not saying that's you. It might be. But I'm asking you, let's consider self-protection in our relationship, in our faith, in our believing that God is who he says he is. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And it's through our suffering that others see the true us, right? How many times, I said this a minute ago, how many times have our kids watched us walk through some hard times and yet we still engage. We still walk in a manner that's worthy. We still put God and keep God. We don't put God. God is. We still keep God on the throne. We still embrace the truths that we know. We cling to those. We hold on to those because they're in every fiber of our life, our being. I think if Jesus is able to endure what he went through as he was headed to the cross, the betrayal, the mocking, the pain, the suffering. That is also an example for us. You know, as he was hanging on the cross, what did he say? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them. How many times have you given that type of a relinquishment or a prayer for someone in your family or maybe the ladies in your church who have disappointed you sorely? Maybe they've shut you out. Or maybe the, 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 the moms in school or homeschooling, maybe it's your colleagues that are trying to keep you from getting that promotion You know, Jesus set the example for us not to self-protect. Because this isn't home, is it? Not if you're a believer. We're passing through. And the sole purpose of us being here is not for us. It's not for that job. It's not to raise perfect kids. It's not to have the perfect job and a huge bank account. There's nothing wrong with asking and desiring for any of those, right? There's, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But what is our real purpose? It's not to get through life as unscathed as possible. It's to get through life pointing other people to the kingdom. That's our purpose, folks. As a mom of many and a wife of one for 36 years, trust me, I have definitely had my fair share of wounds, Painful wounds, heart wounds, 
not abuse. I want to be clear. We're not talking about abusive relationships here. Remember, there is a time where we need to self-protect. And if you are in a situation that is abusive, you need to get help. You need to, you need to reach out to someone and get help. I want you to hear that. If you're in a, in a relationship where you're trying to work things out, I mean, people aren't, there, there isn't any kind of abuse then I'm going to challenge you to stop self-protecting. Be fully present. Ask the Lord to forgive you in the areas that you have protected yourself and not allowed others in. You know, I talk about this in Parenting Beyond the Rules, and it was in relation to your kids, especially teenagers, how teenagers, they get to this point where a lot of times when they're younger, they'll just tell you everything, as they're in the process of growing up and they hit those teen years, often they don't share as much and they're selective in what they share because that vulnerability, that opening up, that really letting you in on what they're really struggling with, they get very selective because it's vulnerable and they know your words, your eye rolls, your comebacks, your lack of response even, boy, those can inflict some painful wounds. And they quickly learn if you can be trusted with their secrets. I mean, those inner secrets, where they're struggling, maybe where their real hopes and dreams are. They're, they're tucked away privately so others can't hurt them. It's almost like a a natural self-protection. I mean, they learn through the growing up process that everything they say isn't always going to be, you know, cheered on. And I'm not saying everything should be cheered on, but we should be a cheerleader for our kids and our, we should absolutely, absolutely be ready when our kids invite us into that spot. And I'm going to say that's the same with a friend, with your spouse. Obviously, you can't have that same level at work with your colleagues. Some of them you will, but not all. That's where your discernment comes into place. So as I challenge you on this whole topic of self-protection, I want you to, to answer this question. Do you have an accountability partner? Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's not. Maybe they're not the ones you feel the most safe with being completely vulnerable. Maybe it's a girlfriend. Maybe if you're a guy listening, because I know there's a lot of men that listen to our program. I've had some of them tell me, you talk to women all the time. It's primarily because my audience is largely women. I can't talk. I really can't talk to the struggles of men other than what my husband has shared with me and what I've learned along the way, which is probably a lot, but still, I, I get women. It's, it's, I, I get women. I understand what we wrestle with and what we struggle through. So maybe it's not that person, but maybe it's a friend. You know, the, when I started off, I was telling you that my friend is the one who sent me an excerpt and it was a very vulnerable message that was sent to me. And we exchanged messages back and forth. 
And I ended it, I kind of ended it with, well, I think we need to hold each other accountable in this area. Check in with each other. And it was a great exchange of iron sharpens iron. So does one woman and or man sharpen another. See, we can't sharpen one another if we're not willing to be open and honest. And we can't be open and honest with everyone because we can't trust everyone. And I'll tell you, I have had my share, probably more than my share, of trusting the wrong people. Because by nature, I believe people and I trust them. And I've had to, I've gone the opposite way in times of my life where, no, I don't trust anybody because no one is trustworthy. Only the Lord is trustworthy. And I've, you know, the pendulum swings and I've had to come back to more of a, no, God gives us discernment. He gives us wisdom. There will be a few, not many. In your lifetime, there will only be a handful of people that you could really trust, that, that aren't going to use your struggles against you, that aren't going to gloat in the fact that you might be struggling. But they're going to pray with you, and they're going to pray for you, and they're going to hold you accountable, and they're going to ask you hard questions. How are you doing? And that's how we ended our conversation was thank you for being trustworthy so I could be vulnerable. Do you have someone that you can trust and be vulnerable with? If you don't, oh, I know I often speak about the friendships of women. Man, the friendships of women are invaluable. You'll have some friends that come and they're there for a short season, maybe maybe just a month, maybe six months, maybe a year, you know, you, you connect with one of your kids' friends' moms and you strike up this really fast and fun friendship and then the next year, life changes. The friends in your life serve a purpose. Maybe it's just to help you through a rough season. I had that happen to me when my mom was dying and passed away. There were people who came out of really nowhere. I mean, I kind of knew them, but not really. And they showed up on the scene and entered into my pain and walked with me until I could walk. And then guess what? It's not that they went away. But that wasn't designed, that relationship wasn't designed for a long-term, deep relationship. I do have a few, literally less than five on my hands that I could say I have really done life with. And, and of those groups, each one of them serve a different purpose. I don't have walls and barriers up between them. There's just the nature of the relationship is different. But that's my challenge to you. Work, ask the Lord, pray that he would give you someone that you could just be you with, without fear. Just be vulnerable with, that you could trust. You know, trust does take time to develop, to be, but to 
you have to be trusting. It, it's a mutual relationship there. But in the area of self-protection, there's two things that I'm challenging you to. And that is, examine yourself in light of God's word. Are you protecting yourself from the Lord? Have you shrinked back? Have you put up walls and barriers? Are you protecting yourself from maybe what God's telling you to do because you don't want to do it? Are you protecting yourself, like I said earlier, because, you know, frankly, he just didn't show up when you needed him. Or maybe he didn't show up the way you thought you needed him or you thought he was supposed to. Because his timing isn't our timing. His ways are not our ways. And I know you guys don't hear me get too bold and, and really talk a lot about scripture. And that's been by design. I've, I've often asked the Lord what my ministry is. And my life is more lifestyle evangelism. I want to live in a way that others see the hope that is within me. And then you have evangelists that, you know, everything is chapter and verse. I want to live my life chapter and verse without having to tell you a reference. If, if you don't see Jesus working in my life, then what good are empty verses that I throw up on social media to maybe I don't know, make people think something other than I am, right? And I'm not saying I do that. And I'm not saying, okay, here's full disclaimer. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with putting up verses. I think that's important. But I'm challenging you to examine self-protection in your life. As we think about Easter's coming and the, the reason Easter, we even celebrate Easter the significance of that, the example of that. And I want you to consider self-protection in the area of how you are with your kids when they wrong you. And I'm telling you, adult kids can inflict some unintentional wounds and maybe even sometimes intentional wounds. And you pull back. I get it. I totally get it. That's not what this episode is. Maybe we'll do that on another one. Maybe it's your spouse. They've let you down. They just haven't showed up one too many times. That's my challenge to you. Examine your life in the light of your protecting yourself in your spiritual life and protecting yourself in your personal life. And my challenge is to you to examine each area and then Take a fast from self-protection and ask the Lord to shine a light on those areas and then tear those walls down. Lean in, be fully present. Yes, you might hurt. There might be wounds. You might suffer. We don't like that, but it's in those times that our faith gets stronger and relationships can get stronger. But having an accountability partner makes that process much, much easier because we're walking with other people. God did not intend us to do this life in isolation. So if it's your spouse, have these conversations. Talk about them to your kids. I'm really glad 
that you've tuned in. I want to hear your responses to this. You guys are amazing. I know my husband was telling me that I kind of leave some of the things that I would like for you to do to the very end, and then you click, okay, moving on to the next podcast. And I get that, and I, I, I probably should make some of these challenges a little earlier, but I'm going to trust you're listening through. I'm going to trust that this speaks to you. And, and if, if it doesn't, people are going to click off, but if it does, they're going to listen to the end. And then they're going to ponder the points that are brought up through the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. You know, I'm doing my best with what I have. There's so many other things I could do, but I can't. Does that make sense? You do the best that you can and you trust God with the results. So I've gone over a little bit in my time. I try to keep it to a certain time frame, but this is an important topic as we lead into Easter and, and we consider such an important element of our lives. So be blessed. I'd love to hear your feedback. Send me a message via email. Sign up to my newsletter on my website, ConnieAlberts.com. Visit me on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm there. And let's keep this conversation starting. I want, it, I want to encourage you as I challenge you and as I challenge myself. Have a great day. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member. And hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.